All right. More than anything else, we love having our, our customers and our, our clients on the podcast on Cloud and Clear. So today we have one that's been with us for many, many years. Sony Pictures Imageworks is with us today and I have the pleasure of joining and maybe announcing, co-announcing to the world, Mike Ford, the new CTO of Sony Pictures Imageworks. Welcome, Mike. Thanks a lot, Tony. Appreciate it. This is coming back on top of an, an amazing joint success story that we released together with Google Cloud on the Google Workspace implementation for Sony Imageworks through COVID. And we've been together for as a client partner for, I don't know, 10 years. I loved how that write-up came out. And I'm just so glad we're here today recording this episode as well. Yeah, it was a, I felt like it was a pretty good story talking about not only obviously our relationship, but just the, the studio in general. So yeah, it was a good write-up. Yep. Studio has gone through a lot. I mean, you've been there for a long time, 20 years. But we've seen a lot. <laughs> I, I have, yeah. Pre-Google days, obviously, back in the dark ages of pagers being handed out at the studio. So that's how far back I go. I have been there at Imageworks, at Sony Pictures Imageworks for about 20 years. Yeah, a pretty good run so far. You've seen a lot of change and evolution and innovation with regards to how films are made, movies are made, the application of digital technologies. You want to take us through that, maybe a little bit of that the highlights and the lowlights of the 20, 20 year journey and, and even maybe going before that, I always like to set the stage for our audience, uh, the person I'm talking to, that whole career story, like how it all evolved. Yeah, we really fell in love with cinema. And I think the idea of actually sitting in that dark theater and watching a story unfold in front of you, I think is it's a story, right? It's age old, beginning of time kind of thing for humans and their ability to just sit back and enjoy a good story. What movies did for me is that they did that exact thing. It was whether it was an escape or whether it was just something where I could see a completely different place. And as most people of age that I am as well, is that Star Wars sort of just did just crack the door open in terms of like, you just didn't have anything else that looked like that. You didn't experience something like that. And I remember telling my mom when I was, I think I was five when that movie came out, mom, that's what I want to do. And so that stuck. She told me that story when I was, you know, a little bit older, because obviously I didn't remember. But and it really I really fell in love with this idea of, of how did people do this? How did they make these movies? How did you know? And, and I grew up in the sort of the golden age of Indiana Jones and Star Wars movies. I would just pull them in and just go and be there on the first day. And I really loved the filmmaking process. The other thing is, I really I, I, I was more of an artist growing up. But I also had a real bent towards learning about computers and programming. And what I had always dreamed of is how do I put the two of those together? And I went to school at UCLA for design. And it just so happened, 1993, Jurassic Park, a watershed year for, obviously, for computer graphics. And that, again, just blew the doors off of, oh, you can do this with a computer. Like, I can make movies with a computer. I like both those things. I like drawing. I like doing all these things. And so it really gave me an opportunity to jump into that role. So it's amazing how those disciplines have come together. I think we see that in today's economy more and more like these seemingly disconnected things being brought together uh, to do amazing things. And what I love about cinema or entertainment in general is how it actually has been the thing to really push the boundaries of what technology can do. I think if you just fast forward 30 years, you're talking about cloud maybe would not be what it is without 
Netflix, for example, pushing the boundaries on, on streaming, etc. But I think processing power, rendering, graphics cards, AI, like these things would not be where they are in the industry if it was not for Universal Pictures and Sony and Disney, like pushing on the hardware manufacturers, the chip makers, the networking equipment designers. Like it's so, it's so interesting how probably the industry that's pushed technology the most for the last 30, 40 years has been the industry you work in. Yeah, been, they're real. It's interesting that you say that because the part of like this digital age that we're living in, right? A lot of the things that we were doing as filmmakers, even as early as in 95 and 93, like the, the 3D things that you're seeing are now making their way onto mobile devices, which are way more powerful than the computers that we were originally using back in the mid 90s. So you've got this thing in your pocket that can make a movie like my my kids, they can make a movie with 3D in it without much of a problem. And, and if you go back in, in time, back when we were working on film and basically running dailies every night and we had to we had to make times on film outs and things like that. It's just a completely different world. And it's pretty it, it's fantastic that us as a business and within the movie industry has really accelerated a lot of other things. I think games have benefited from 3D. We're gonna see more and more adoption. I saw an ad the other night for Google and they've got an AR octopus floating around in a room. So it's, it's, it is coming and it is the 3Dization of the world is coming. And I think it's really, it really started in this game and media and entertainment space, no question. Yeah, and you know, back to the future with the augmented reality and holograms and Again, like as far as things influencing each other, I had a tour of the SoFi Stadium, like the IT infrastructure that runs that place with this crazy screen. They call it the Oculus. There's literally a, a essentially a movie production house, a TV production house on site where they're, they're, they're making content just for that screen in real time and, and all this other stuff. And then you think about how film and games have influenced each other. It used to be that games were made from movies, inspired by movies, and now we're having movies made <laughs> inspired by the games. And then you watch sports, you're like, wait a minute, that camera angle is from Madden. Like, we didn't have this camera angle yep. before. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say that because those, I watch a lot of sports and you've, they've got these cameras now that they're shooting on and they have active depth of field that like they're basically autofocusing and getting these amazing shots that look straight out of Madden or straight out like, and you're like, wait, I always say that I kind of feel like I'm always living in the future. And that's the way I feel about it is that there's something new and cool that happens every day. When you watch something, you say, wow, we've been doing that for a really long time. And now I see it. I see it on a sports broadcast. That's pretty cool. That's pretty, that's pretty unique. Let's talk about where kind of Sony sits in the uh, world of entertainment and filmmaking and uh, how you interface, not just with Sony, but other studios. Let's talk about that a little bit. Sony Pictures Image Works. I mean, we've been in existence since, since 1992, really just one office at, on the lot over in Culver City. And we've really, obviously over the past couple decades, we've really grown into obviously a a powerhouse in terms of the industry. We're Academy Award winning studio. We've really also set the standard in terms of creating open source technology that is used industry-wide. We're a proud member of the Academy Software Foundation. Really the diversity of the work, I think, is the thing that makes us stand out the most, whether it's from Spider-Verse, the animated, the animated film. Mm, that was so uh, good. That was such a good yeah, film. Or oh working God. on an actual live action Spider-Man with Tom Holland. So it's, we, do, we do it all. 
I think when you combine just amazing visuals, a deep emphasis on exceptional storytelling, I mean, that's what generates, creates new franchises. And now you're in an environment where content is more important than ever. Like it's literally, you see some of our other clients in the space, a bunch of M&A, right, happening with Discovery recently and sort of Time Warner and, and, and AT&T sort of media properties. And of course, MGM and Amazon, Fox and Disney, and so on and so forth. It just, Netflix spends 15 to $17 billion a year on just content. And it's just such an exciting time and a competitive time. But I think the market's spoken and, and playing a key role in, in telling those stories and, and making them visually interesting, like Into the Spider-Verse was. Like, that was like a comic book had come alive. And it appealed to kids. Adults loved it. And when we watched it, it was like, I've never seen anything like this. And to be able to still do that after so many years of cinema being around and all sorts of technology being available to everyone... To still be able to create stuff like that is uh, it's quite quite an achievement. That's what keeps me excited about working in this industry is is films like that. And every once in a while, you get one of those that comes along that you just go, "Wow, was that possible before?" Or did we just figure it out as we went? And that's that ultimately is what I love about this process of being in computer graphics and working in in this industry is that every once in a while you just get something that kind of pushes everybody really in a way, and you get to see other things. And I think we're seeing that with as this content boom that you're talking about, we're seeing lots of different stories being told, unique stories that maybe weren't gonna to be told before because they needed to be this big budget. Now we can do it episodic and we can spread it out. We can put it on these all these different channels. So there's a lot more stories that can be told, diverse stories and, and stories that, that speak to a lot of different cultures. And I think that that makes this time, I think, really unique. I was gonna say that about the increase in uh, global content, international content, different languages, different diversity being represented. There was a uh, film called Skate Girl or something. We started watching with the girls. I was like, wow, this village in India and this girl and picks up a skate. Like it's, it's, it's uh, again, those two worlds, like Western culture and Eastern culture coming together like that. It's really cool stuff. Look, again, in your 20 years, you've seen just a quantum leap in terms of capabilities and and also just how the digital work is being done. Like my perspective of when these fully digital films started to be made that required tremendous amount of storage and processing power and all of that, like pre-cloud, my perspective was like, oh my God, they're basically buying, these studios are buying massive amounts of hardware, standing them up for five years, and then just like throwing them away. Is that just like my pedestrian perspective of how it used to go down? We try to be as economical as possible within our business. So we can use latest and greatest hardware. And then as that is the most processor intense thing that we have. And then we can tend to roll those things down into areas that don't that don't need as much, much power. But in the big build it days, like where you had a million dollar Onyx or something like that in the SDI days. Yeah, that's really the only choice you had. And there was only a couple of games in town. I think hardware has certainly changed. And I, what you're talking about relative to cloud really changes the way that you're really dealing with like utilization issue of like, well, how much are we going to be busy? What do we need to, what do we need to buy? That obviously has been, has, has changed, right? So you don't necessarily need to know exactly because you have this opportunity to do something else and basically go and extend your environment, extend what you can actually do into your system. Again, makes it a lot 
you, you just have a lot more flexibility now. There's a lot more flexibility also from a hardware standpoint as well. It's just there's a lot of different choices, and that's good for everybody. So in what ways could you point to the cloud technology and say, we could not have done that without cloud, or we could not have made that without cloud? We have a really large data center that we use. So we, we have a lot of capacity because we built it that way, because we need to, we really need to, when we need to throw a lot uh, of a compute at something, we have the capacity. But I think what cloud opens up is it does open up that opportunity to do not only just the compute piece, but just a lot of different ways of actually dealing. Really, if I needed to, is the way that I would look at it, if I needed to scale, and if I needed to just max out what I needed to get done overnight, now that's possible. Now I can really say, I can just turn that knob, and the knob is basically, I can just keep going. And I think that's the difference now is that it's sort of like an, an end compute model is I can say, if, if I want to pay for it and I need this thing done, I can get it done. Obviously, from a utilization standpoint and from a, we're always trying to fit into what we have, but to extend beyond what we have is very easy to do for us now. We, and we've done it. We've done it a ton of times. So I think that's an exact kind of explanation of why hybrid is a sort of a permanent state for a lot of organizations. And I think that sort of Google's perspective on hybrid and multi-cloud is also very, I think, candid and transparent. And they've been talking about that for a long time. And I think that for media and entertainment, and there's other sectors, obviously, the retail endpoints have that need. You have fin financial services and other healthcare where endpoint on-premise processing or storage is, is going to always be part of the overall architecture. So I think that's a great example of where the role for both exists. But you also did put out something that you open sourced that runs on GCP, if I recall. Yeah, it's called OpenQ. We really partnered with Google on this. We Basically, what we called our, our Q3, which is the third version of this queuing software that we built, which is really a schedule. What we have at, at ImageWorks is we have a bunch of we have a bunch of what we call jobs, and those could be those could be renders, they could be uh, you know compositing that was done, they could be something that was kicked out of Maya, uh, which is a DCC we use, and all of those things are just tasks that can be run on a computer, and we built a system to be able to do that. And so when I was talking about that open source idea before and being a leader in that space, we put OpenQ out as an idea for people to basically democratize that, that scheduling process. So we use it every day. We're using it right now to schedule all of our jobs. And it's a really functional, flexible piece of software and an application that you can, we're running you know, we've run probably millions and millions of jobs through that system. It helps kind of create the films that, that you see up on screen. So another part of the story in our relationship together and your relationship with Google is really around Workspace, Google Workspace, formerly G Suite. Again, I think the organization's been using it at varying degrees of adoption for about a decade. But the story that we put out together in the last couple of months had to do with how the, the platform really showed up for you in this way when, of course, when the pandemic hit and you built a, a couple of great bots and a bunch of things during that process to make not only people be able to do just do normal type of information worker type stuff, corporate stuff, but really continue to make movies. Do you want to talk about that a little bit for, the, for this audience? We are in the business of making movies. One of the big things is we have really big teams. So these teams are some of the, some of these teams grow to like 400 people, and 
all 400 of those people need to talk to one another. And I use that sort of loosely. We talk to one another in so many different ways now. And obviously the primary way that we do that within uh, the organization is using Google Workspace. We, because we have a studio in both Vancouver, British Columbia, and in Culver City, we have, back when we made the choice to obviously go to Google Workspace, we, we've been using Google Meet ever since that choice was made. So it is part of what we need is we need teams to really connect with one another. We need teams of people. So we have setups in rooms. And then obviously when the pandemic hit, we all went to this individual method of communicating, this box that we've, you know, love and hate now. And we, in many ways, because we were trained and this communicate way of communication was trained and we've been doing it for quite some time, we really didn't, we really didn't skip a beat when we went home because people were used to it. They knew how to do it. Just the way that we communicated it was almost like we didn't have to think about it. We'd always use chat and we had always used the, basically the Google Docs in order for ways to communicate. In many ways, that was one thing that we didn't have to think about, which was good because we had a lot of other things to think about. Making movies from home is not for the faint of heart, but we managed to do it. That story is actually, I've heard it, I've heard it in various flavors, but very similar thematically. And like, you know, if you're already, if you're already on the platform, this shift home was actually not a very big deal for a lot of the work, obviously, you need some specialized equipment to keep making movies and it's not available in everybody's home. But for as far as communication, collaboration, etc., our customers who are either very close on finishing this journey, we had some massive rollouts that were like, we accelerated when this hit because people needed to move, go home and work from home faster than they thought. But the customers, even like City of LA, who's been a customer for 12 years, as, as far as a municipality experience and work from home, like 12,000 employees, no problem like they're like we got this and i thought that was really interesting and a technology that wasn't built in anticipation of a global pandemic but how it's another way of i feel like working in this way like having excess capacity to burst and and do other things like if you're running parts of the business on cloud it really is like this modality of ready for anything which i think is so important in this world where it's like we've just learned it's very unpredictable <laughs> and just to be ready for anything is almost like a superpower, right? I, I totally agree. And I think the, the main thing for me as well is the, is, is the accessibility. So I think, you know, even during that time, there was a lot of, if we can't communicate because the, the computer that we have isn't permanently set up, we ha I can still communicate. Maybe it's from my mobile device, maybe it's from my laptop. So I think that universality that the platform itself has that advantage. When the decision was made a long time ago to go with Google, I think that was a good choice, just based on that solely. And I think the, the rest of the world is effectively sort of caught up to that. That's just the way that we do it now. So it's it was good to make the decision when we did. So. Awesome. So uh, looking forward, whether it's the balance of the year, next couple of years, you just got this job. Congratulations, the role. Uh, that you greatly deserve. What are you most excited about? What do you foresee for Sony Pictures Imageworks? I think there's a sense of uh, optimism now. Summertime, restrictions are lifting. There's a general air of optimism, but particularly in your case and for Sony Pictures Imageworks, what do you see? Yeah, I think for me personally, I think it's sitting in a dark room with a bunch of strangers and watching a movie again. I think that to me, that, that experience that I miss, because I mean, I just haven't done it since, you know, March. Of 2020. It's something that I do miss. And I miss that kind of going back to that kid in me, that kid has not left me. So I really want to 
I love that experience. I love the fact that Sony is going to be releasing some films like in the theaters at the end of the year. For me, that's going to personally like get me back to like why I work like working in this in this business and not working for, for ImageWorks. I think for us, I think that the key drivers have always been innovation for us. And I, you know, we're looking at innovating and continuing to innovate. We work with our film partners to, to try and make those next stories. And that to me is the exciting part of the business as well. That as we as somebody comes to us and says, hey, we want to make this movie with you. That is honestly, it's like my favorite part of any of that process. Back when I was a supervisor, yeah, let's look at let's look at this together and let's look at how we can make this movie together. And I think that's that's going to continue to be what we do, obviously at ImageWorks, and we're just going to try and do it better. We're going to try and do it, make you know, improve the workflows for our artists, improve the tools. It's a pretty con- it's it's like continuous innovation within not only our business but within ImageWorks in it itself. That's what keeps me. That's what keeps me going every day. So, Hey, the wonderful thing about working in entertainment, media entertainment, is that the public gets to see the output of the work. It's on public display, accessible to everyone. So for myself personally, as a fan of film and cinema and, and a fan of the work that Sony Pictures Imageworks does, I can't wait to see what you have next up your sleeves. I also can't wait to go back to the... Uh, theater with my kids and family and friends. Appreciate our partnership. I appreciate you as as an amazing part of the Sada family. And I also would love to see you in person. And uh, I look forward to it very much. Thanks for being a guest on Cloud and Clear, Mike. And congratulations once again for for the promotion to the CTO. You deserve it greatly. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Tony. It's been great. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.